Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS. I'm sorry. Actually, welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. How you doing this morning, Jim? I'm doing all right. Um, I don't know what's going on with our internet today. You're all blurry to me. I was say, I have a feeling I'm having an issue right now. Yeah, I think now it's You were fault. earlier. Yeah. I might have to leave again. Yeah. If you leave, I can talk for a little bit, and then you pop okay. back in. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Monday morning, Starbucks. Um, got a few things on the agenda. Uh, we, uh, you know, Pirates just lost our series over the weekend. So we're going to talk a little bit about a pretty hot topic, um, which is the bullpen pecking order. Um, we saw Derek Shelton head to uh, Robert Stevenson a couple times over the weekend. And there was uh, some questioning of those moves kind of throughout um, Pirates Twitter and the fan base. So you have Robert Stevenson um, coming in, one-run games, um, both when they have a one-run lead. And uh, you just took me off now. Now I'm back on. Now, you're all choppy still, though. Really? Yeah. Well, now now you might be back. Okay. All right. I should be okay. I think I'm okay. I think I think we're good now. I can at least see you, and you're not like super blurry. Yeah. Um. But no, I was talking about our first uh first topic on the agenda. Agenda is gonna be uh bullpen bullpen pecking order. Just kind of how we feel about them in general. Um. But yeah, I guess before we get to that, everything going good with you, Donardo, this Monday morning, other than your internet. Course. now now everything's okay all right yeah i think i think we're good i think we're good to go all right well let's get into it let's get into our single shot right. so much like my internet we weren't quite sure how stable this bullpen was going to be this year <laughs> what a segue look at me uh anyways though for real we knew david bednar was going to be good right other than that, <laughs> who know who knew what this bullpen was going to be? But yeah, I figured like this is a good time. You know, we discussed. Let's talk about the bullpen. We're almost two months into the the season here. Um, you know, I think we talked about the bullpen mostly earlier in the year, like all throughout April, and the fact that because the Pirates were winning, because the Stars were taking them so long, it was getting them to Holderman, to Bednar, and therefore making the bullpen look good because it wasn't being exposed. May did quite the opposite. We're seeing a lot of the rest of the bullpen being used now. So let's kind of talk. I mean, you know, at this point in time, maybe discussing like who in this bullpen you think is actually maybe good, who's not, like you discussed, like the pecking order. Uh, so again, it's David Bednar. Once again, I apologize, David Bednar. You're so good. We're not going to talk about you too much. 
But after that, you know, what does his bullpen really have, Jim? Um, I, I think you can pretty you can pretty confidently say that Colin Holderman is your is your number two guy. Um, just based off of the stuff and based off of what we've seen from him, I find I I, I don't think you can have tr- faith in any other reliever more than more than Colin Holderman. If we're not if we're kind of moving Bednar off the table because Bednar is really good, right? Um, so so Holderman for sure is like that's that number two bullpen option that's out there. Uh, but then once once you kind of move past Holderman, then it gets kind of interesting. I think you've got a bunch of names where you're not really quite sure where where guys line up. And I think you can throw four people into that mix, really. And correct me if I'm wrong if you want to add anybody else. But, you know, you're on Bednar Holderman. And then really it's who's who's better between Robert Stevenson, Jose Hernandez, Dowry Moretta, and Johan Ramirez. I think that's pretty much where you're at. Um, it's, it's not anyone else outside of those four, but what I'll say is those four intrigue me, uh, coming into this season, Stevenson was a guy that, you know, again, like, well, when they picked him up last year, who's a guy that intrigued me? Cause that slider was like so good, but everything else is uh, who knows. Right. But he's also coming out of Colorado and we know how things are very flat in Colorado. You have a really good slider being in Colorado kind of mitigates that <laughs> from being the really good. Uh, so it was like, okay, is this going to be something interesting or not? Then he gets injured and, you know, who knows, right? So coming into the season, I was kind of intrigued on him. Now, Moretta, I really wasn't at all. Johan Ramirez, whatever. Jose Hernandez. That we'll see. Did something happen? Yeah, your internet got all wonky again. Am I okay now? I think you're good now. You just had that robot voice for like two seconds. Okay. Um, but yeah, Jose Hernandez, maybe some intrigue. And honestly, at this point in time, I think like all four are certainly intriguing. Um, but like, yeah, like I say intriguing because I'm not confident in either of them. Like they all have their faults. It's not like I'm ready to dub anyone like, okay, you're the, you're the seventh inning guy. Yeah. But like they all have some, some they, ha- they have some good pitches. <laughs> They do, and, um, and and something I just kind of want to point out here when it comes to to relievers, we're we're dealing with pretty small sample sizes right now. First off, um, yes, yeah, you know, no Pirates reliever has more than twenty one and a third innings pitched, and that's that's Dwayne Underwood Jr. Uh, so we're dealing with basically, you know, if you're if you're talking about a starting pitcher, we're talking about like four starts or less. That we're, that we're judging these people off of. So kind of take that with a grain of salt. But I, I think one thing I want to talk about, and we saw Robert Stevenson kind of implode over the weekend, right? Just from a number standpoint, like the ERA, everything, everything looked good stat-wise. But there were obviously some underlying issues there, and he's kind of self-corrected himself from just, you know, one weekend. But what I want to talk about more than anything is uh, – left on base percentage. I feel like when it comes to bu- to bullpen arms and small sample sizes, that sometimes can be a factor 
when you know is is somebody overachieving is somebody set to regress is somebody set to maybe be better than they really are because for the most part left on base percentages don't really vary all that much across baseball like your left on base percentages when you're a pitcher somewhere typically in the low 70 percent right that's just where you end up being you know over the course of an entire season um and stevenson just letting everybody know stevenson going into the weekend left on base percentage of 94.3 percent completely unsustainable number and a number where as soon as you look at it you're like this guy's due for some runs to be scored on him because he's just been incredibly lucky so far um so robert stevenson 94.3 percent left on base percentage for the weekend um that has since now corrected down to 78.9 just over the weekend um, right. if you're looking at that number and saying okay who's next maybe to self-correct Johan Ramirez currently is sitting at a 92.6% left on base percentage. So another guy where the stuff looks good, similar to Stevenson's and the numbers look good. 1.69 ERA. Um, but he's allowing too many base runners to have a 1.69 ERA. Uh, and eventually that that's going to catch up to him. Um, so that's, that's kind of the guy who I'm like, I feel like there's a lot of people who have some intrigue about Ramirez and yeah, his numbers have, have, have given you reason to, but just keep an eye on them because that number looks kind of uh, scary and means that he's kind of the next one to, to kind of blow up and give up some runs here. Um, not to say that you can't have a high left on base percentage, but that's typically reserved for really, really good pitchers. Right. Um, and I don't think Johan Ramirez is in that category. <laughs> But I just wanted to kind of point those numbers out. Stevenson was due for some regression. We saw it. And now it looks like Johan Ramirez is probably that next guy who's due for it. Yeah. No, I mean, you make a very solid point there. It's it's like the guy that has the 400 baby, right? Probably going to see some regression. He's probably not going to bat 350 the rest of the year. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what is his hitter? So, yeah, very, very similar in that sense. You know, Johan Ramirez isn't a great pitcher. He's not going to get you out in that sense to have the high left on base but again like stuff that intrigues me right like watching him pitch he's, he's got some good stuff like there i was talking a lot this week about talent right and like when you look at johan ramirez you see some talent there now is he going to put it together and be a good reliever that's a whole other story but like at this point in time especially like from last year even I, i'm way more intrigued about johan ramirez than i was before uh, and like when you look at his stuff too like looking at stat cast whatever he has like two plus pitches his slider and his sinker are both um rated positively as far as, you know, runs value, negative three and negative two. Um, and, like, you're seeing it play. Like, when you watch it, it's like, oh, that looks good. Um, you know, and as far as like, Johan Ramirez, like, the walks are not exactly where you want to see. Like, that is his problem, too. Like, control, 3.94 per nine. Um, but, like, it's doable. You know? I mean, he, he does strike out guys. He... Walks a little bit. It's not really allowing home runs so far this year. Like I, I'm, I'm liking what I see, and that's why you know I, as well as you, are putting him like in that mix. But again, so we're talking about like, all four of these guys. They're intriguing, but we're not real confident really in either of them. Um, I don't know. Like, so we're talking about pecking order. I'm not going to put him over Holderman. I think at this point in time, uh, I'm mean, honestly my my personally who I'm going with right now. 
is Jose Hernandez. Like that's the one I think I feel the most comfortable out of those four with. Yeah, and that's what's kind of interesting is we just named four relievers, and the guy you're you're most comfortable with is the Rule Five pick who's never played in the major leagues. Um, it's hard to argue with it. I mean, you look at Hernandez's numbers; he's striking out twenty seven point eight percent of hitters. He's only walking four point two percent of hitters. He actually, from a walk rate, uh, second best walk rate on the entire team behind David Bednar, um, which is just absolutely impressive for a Rule Five pick coming straight straight out of double a um right. that's not something that you would have expected him to uh to do um so yeah jose hernandez if you want to say that jose hernandez is like your number three guy out of the bullpen i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue that too much i think i'm still to the point where i don't know if i can pick a guy well, see, no, I mean, well, I guess well, we, hold on. I guess you have to we, pick a guy. I guess we have to pick somebody. So I'll pick, I'll pick Moretta. I think Moretta has okay. shown over the course of the year um, just more consistency than than anyone else, uh, especially especially lately. Like the past the past four weeks or so, Dowry Moretta has been absolutely, you know borderline unhittable he gave up his first hit of may uh yesterday and i mean it's those may 22nd he had pitched you know almost nine innings prior to that so yeah i guess right now if i if like you 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 put a gun to my head and say you got to put one of these guys in to protect a one-run lead i'm probably going moretta right now that's that's fair. Which I can't, doesn't make me like feel said, good. It doesn't make me feel great about right. my, my life, but um <laughs> <laughs> but that's who I'm going with. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean again, like I can't truly argue that, like how you're saying about Jose Hernandez. I, I guess Ramat is I've seen Jose Hernandez be more consistent in my mind throughout the whole year, where Moretta Pretty much in April, I'm like, I'm waiting and ready for him to fall off a cliff. And then May came, and it's like, holy hell, he's been unhittable, like you said. Um, so, like, he's right now, like, on fire. You know, like, you're talking talk about hot hand. Like, I'm putting him in right now. But to me, I feel like April is going to come creeping back here any minute. You know, that's what I'm worried about. Like, when's when's this going to end? Um when's the real Moretta coming back, right? Yeah. So, but like he hasn't shown that, you know, and I guess again, like that's where we're at. That's why he's intriguing. That's why you see the talent. His slider is so good. By the way, we're going about run value, negative six run value. It's like the 40 something best pitch in baseball right now. His slider is sick. And, and same thing you talk about, um, you know, Ramirez and his two plus pitches. Moretta's got three. Um Darren Red has negative run value on his slider, his changeup, and his four-seam fastball. So, yeah, I mean, the, the pitches look good. The, the the underlying things look good. Like, he's not he's not walking. He's not walking, you know, a ton of people. Eh, he's walking a decent amount. But he's striking out a lot of people, uh, and he's, he's not giving up hard contact. So, What's he doing lately as far as walks? Walks, not walking anybody. He hasn't walked anyone since May 2nd. That's why I asked. Because, again, you say walking a lot. He was. 
that's one April. You're ready for him to fall off. But like in this streak, I don't feel like he has. So right. He may Moretta has been amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He really, he really has been. I mean, in, in the month of May, 0.00 ERA under over nine and a third innings, one hit, no uh, two walks, 15 strikeouts. So that's yeah. dominance. Really, really good May for Dowry Moretta. <laughs> uh yeah can't argue that yeah. and you know what the just yeah the swag give me give me moretta he's got the, he's got more confidence than anybody else i'll give you that he's he's my setup man in that regards because i'm yeah. still going bednar number one there because bednar's got the swag he might not be as showboaty yeah which i love bednar knows he's better than you and yes. <laughs> moretta thinks he's better than you so hey thinking is half the battle Right. Like Bednar wants to murder you. And that's the difference. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I like. But um, yeah, again, like all these guys that we're talking, like the pitches are there. There's certainly a lot of intrigue. I, I want to see more and I'm, I'm leaning towards like this pirates bullpen is leaning towards like, it it could be good. There's parts there a lot more than we thought at the beginning of the year. There are guys with stuff. You know, and that's that's what you want to see out of a bullpen. That's what makes bullpen arms good. Um, one guy who I don't want to see anymore, Dwayne Underwood Jr. Don't mm-hmm. want to see him anymore. Stuff's not great. Dwayne Underwood Jr. is a pitcher that bad teams employ to just eat up innings and lose baseball games. That's, that's pretty much what he's been doing all year. Um, and I think whenever it comes to, like, if we're talking about next guy to go out of this bullpen and, and try someone else, I, I I feel like like Underwood's got to be there, and I know the team the team must like him a lot. I, I don't know why because maybe it is just the the value he gives you from all the yeah. innings. But what's the point of giving you a bunch of innings if they're not good innings? No, you make a good case. And I've definitely been like a Underwood supporter these past few years, like because he's gotten a lot of hate. And I guess as far as a supporter comes, it's been of the he's not this bad, guys. Not to put him in the category of him being a good reliever, but he's been in awful situations, you know, like not utilized real well. But I'm with you, and I think that speaks more to the bullpen than it does him. He's having a bad season, right? But it's like it's not like it's a complete drop-off from before. It's just like there's parts that are ascending in this bullpen right now. And, yeah, I'm with you. Like, what's next in this bullpen that we go? It's got to be Underwood. It's not the guys that we just mentioned. I, um, no, I mean, Zazinstri, Zazinstri, Zazinstri is still a lefty. I'm going to give him some opportunities here. That not that I'm like intrigued by him at all. Yeah. Zestrisny but... sucks. Like he's terrible. I mean, he's he's on the team because he can throw with the left, his left arm. That's the, the sole reason. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like Underwood to me, I'm ready for to move on from him. He's got to be next in my mind. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. Give me. There, there are a lot of and this is your word, so intriguing arms in the minors. Um, Colin Selby had been looking pretty good before getting on the, the IL. Um, yeah. he, he's a guy I'd rather see right now than Dwayne Underwood Jr. Um, Carmen Majinski, you know, after getting you know some innings under his belt in AAA, is probably a guy I'd rather see more than Dwayne Underwood Jr. Um, 
Yuri De Los Santos also, you know, struggling a, a little bit, but a, a guy that I'd rather see than Dwayne Underwood Jr. Now, like I said, Yuri De Los Santos, not deserving a promotion right now. He no. needs to get his stuff together in AAA before you call him back up. Um, but, you know, we did see, you know, just glimpses of kind of what he could do last year uh, before his injury. But there's just there's there's arms down there in the minors who I feel like can make bullpen arms. There's even some starters in the minors that I'd like to see the Pirates use as as relievers, mainly uh, in Altoona. Altoona, I think, has a lot of uh, could be relievers in their in their starting rotation right now. Um, could be, I think, effective, you know, back end relievers in that bullpen uh, in that rotation. Uh, but uh yeah, I, I think that's kind of where I'm at. Underwood Jr. just done. I'm, I'm. I have no interest seeing Dwayne Underwood Jr. take another walk from the bullpen to the mound. No more. Like, give me some. Give me. Give me somebody else. Anybody else? Right. Yep, I'm with you. Um, not to go too much longer with this. We we thought we were never going to see him take the mound uh, a couple of days ago with that injury, and it seems like he's fine now. Went from holy hell, he's just getting Tommy John to oh no, I'm good. <laughs> Put right. me in, coach. Yeah. So we might see him still, <laughs> but at least good for him though. Also, he's he's okay. Yes. All right. Well, some bullpen talk. Pirates potentially having a better bullpen. Certainly have some talent in there, but more to see. Should we get into our second shot? Let's do it. Talking some prospects. Yeah. All right, we're going to keep this a little more shorter and sweeter because I think last week we went off about 30 minutes on prospect talk. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit too much. This is supposed to be a, a, a short, short show. So Yeah, yeah, we've already kind of gone off on the bullpen. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about prospects. Uh, so this past week, let's maybe just go from single A to, to low A to, to triple A. How about that? That, that, works, that works for me. All right. Let's, let's, let's kind of just each bring one person to the table to talk about. Um, Greensboro, you go first. I want to talk about Tamar. Tamar Johnson. Uh, we've talked about him so far this year, a little bit lately oh, because Bradenton. he came back. Sorry, Bradenton. Oh. Tamar's good. Yeah, Tamar's so, your guy. Um, <laughs> you know, he struggled a lot. He was striking out at 47%, was it, at the point in time? Like we talked about like a few weeks ago, and we said, you know, hey, guys, like, chill. He's just coming back from injury. Like, this is not what you want to see, obviously. But relax a little bit, pump the brakes, let this guy, well, this kid, ease into things. And uh, he's starting to ease into things, Jim. So over this past week, he's batting 385 in 20 plate appearances, just four strikeouts, five hits, a double, a home run, one that went over the fence, by the way. <laughs> um, Tamar Johnson's kind of coming back. So again, it's just a week. I'm not here to say, okay, he's mm -hmm. the top prospect in baseball and here's whatever, but you're now starting to see that shift, right? Okay. The, the rust maybe is out from under him. He's now putting up a pretty solid season. We look at like the numbers holistically. It's batting 267. Uh, so, again, the strikeout rate's coming down now. Tamar Johnson's starting to kick up and show you why he was claimed by many being the number one prospect in the Pirate system. So, uh, yeah, big week for Tamar Johnson. Still continue to watch him, keep your eyes on him, but certainly an intriguing prospect. 
Yeah, and I want to add with Tamar Johnson. Um, there was some some talk about uh, him last week. Fangraphs update like, did a little tweak to their rankings and, and really dropped him quite a bit. I think he was like twenty. He was right in like the twentieth, twenty first, twenty second range somewhere in that yeah. in that area. Uh, dropped to now like the fortieth range. So, and and you know, friend of the show Eric Longenhagen wrote an article and kind of explained why, and it was just. I can't have a guy in the top 20 who's striking out 40% of the time in low A. That was, that's essentially what, what he said. And I get that point. I also struggle to think that you should make any sort of conclusions after like 50 play appearances, which is, which is what he was doing. So, uh, you know, we're, we're fans of Eric on the show, but I, I disagree with them. Like, I don't think you can necessarily make that move in your rankings like this quickly, Tamar Johnson didn't have a spring training. And so you know, his first few weeks of the season essentially was his spring training. And you're now seeing the strikeout race going down. As you mentioned, he's turning it around. He's hitting the ball hard. Uh, everything that we've been seeing Tamar Johnson really since May 9th is kind of when he started really turning, turning it on. Right. Um, as it, he's been, he's been good. So it took, it took him two, two, three weeks to kind of figure things out a little bit and get, get into the, get into the groove but these last two weeks for tomorrow johnson have been great strikeout raised down for the season it's still high you know it's right 35 percent or so sure. but um over that period of time the, the strikeout rate has gone down um yeah I, I you shouldn't be concerned about tomorrow johnson in my opinion like you you see that and you're like oh crap why is he dropping 20 spots in his first full season i, I wouldn't be too concerned about it to be honest yeah, I'm with you. And I can yeah. understand like Eric's point. I mean, he dropped a 40th. It's not as if it was like the Henry Davis fall of grace. Mm -hmm. But to understand why, too, like to had context to it, like he was injured. So I understand like I can't have a guy at number 20 striking out this this hard. But like also I'll not like I understand a little bit that the reason why and I'm not going to just make him fall off a cliff. Yeah. So maybe I can understand that. But again, like here's why we're talking, discussing it. Right. Like, yeah, I can understand the drop. He has dropped. But. I could see him rise right back up if he continues doing what he was doing as a well, he didn't really do it before. If he can do what he was supposed to do and projected to do the rest of the way, I'm sure we'll be back in the twenties in no time. Yeah. But yeah, um, I want to talk about I want to talk about Thomas Harrington as, as yes. the guy I'm bringing to the table. Um this this is the first that we're seeing of Thomas Harrington. He didn't pitch last year. Um at all i don't i don't believe no so uh so thomas harrington he was the the supplemental pick in the draft out of campbell university so i guess they just thought he threw 92 innings last year and they're like you know you're you're good um i think he had some i don't know if he had some sort of injury or what i'll have to kind of go further into that but first season of pro ball for thomas harrington um he was essentially a, a first round pick like a 36th overall pick in the draft um he has put up some pretty solid starts for the Marauders uh, this past week, um, struck out nine in five and a third innings. Uh, he has seven starts on the year, four of which he has not allowed a run. Um, so four scoreless starts so far for Thomas Harrington, the strikeout numbers are there. The walk numbers are fine. Um, he's, probably someone who you know coming out of college 
advanced for low A. Like he probably should be in Greensboro. So I don't know quite how long he'll be in Bradenton, but so far uh, he's doing everything that you want you want him you want to see out of him. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. So let's move up. Let's go to Greensboro. Um, I'm gonna go and select Anthony Solomano. Big start this week. You know, uh, he's been he's one <laughs> so friend of the show, Eric Long and Hangin. Um, not too much too friendly with Anthony Solomano. Doesn't think he's going to do too well with that fastball and such. So I mean something to keep an eye on. Like I, I I've liked him as a prospect. I've I've liked him so far as a professional. Um, you know, this season I think has been kind of mixed a little bit, but it's been trending in a better direction. Uh, as of right now, he's got a three six eight ERA, but it's a big start this week. So he went seven innings, which was the most he's went all year. First time he went over five innings, so a big jump in that sense. Um, two earned run, but just three hits, no walks, eight strikeouts. So he had a really, really good start this week, uh, which again has been like you're seeing his ascension a little bit. Like every start seems to get a little better, a little bit better. Um, so a good big week for Anthony Salamedo. I um, I don't know. Eric, Eric doesn't like him. I, I get it, I guess. But he has added velocity on the fastball. Uh, he's still young. Like I, I'm intrigued with him. Um, yeah, I, he's he's looked pretty good. He's if you if you look at him just over the course of the season, he's been pretty consistent. Um, you know, there they, he's at least put up good numbers throughout the year. He had one kind of blow up outing, but other than that, he's been fine. The issue that's kind of concerned me about Salometo um, is the, the walks. The walks are way, way up um, from where they were last year. Now his strikeouts are as well. Um, but yeah, the walks are way, way up. Um, so you want to see him kind of have a little bit more command. But you mentioned that start last week, seven innings, six strikeouts, no walks. It was his first outing of the year where he did not walk a batter. So hopefully he can string a few of those together because I think that's kind of, that's, you know, you know, last year, just his, his overall command and kind of dominance of the Florida state league was, was pretty impressive at, at age 19. So he's, he's, he's only 20 years old. So from an age standpoint and where he's at plenty to be intrigued about with Anthony Salamedo. Right. Um, but you do want to see the walks get a little bit more under control. So hopefully hopefully we can see another outing similar to, to what he had this week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely want to see him build upon this. And I feel like, too, like mm-hmm. the, the walks have been a little bit up there, too. But a lot of it's skewed by like his two worst starts. And two worst starts was because of the command. I mean, the one he walked four, gave up four earned runs. And then not this last start, but the start before, he gave up six. <laughs> yeah. Six walks in 4.2 and gave up three to earned so uh yeah i mean outside of that like the rest are kind of okay where is that and of course this one was you know really good in that sense mm-hmm. but um yeah yeah again certainly still intrigued by anthony yeah so so greensboro is sort of a level here where you know it's kind of it's kind of tough to to pick out somebody else because <laughs> we we can only say so much about sung ji chang i think he's really the only <laughs> interesting guy on the offensive side of the ball yeah um but we'll go somewhere someone someone different this week just for the sake of of being different and and uh i'm I'm gonna talk about him not in a way that like you guys should be expecting big things from this guy but um 
Jackson Glenn was a fifth round pick in 2021. You know, he's, he's on the older side for the level. He's 25 years old. He's repeating the level. Um, but he is crushing the ball. Like he's, he's hitting 337, 417, 567. He's got a 161 weighted runs created plus. He's got six homers in 20 and 28 games. Um, he's doing everything that you would want, like a 25 year old college hitter in his second season, <laughs> repeating the league to be doing right. Um, right. Now, I like in no way am I saying Jackson Glenn put him on your radar. He's going to be the next Pirates second baseman or something, right? Um, but but there's nothing that st- that would that can stop Jack. There's nothing that stopping Jackson Glenn um, from developing one day into a utility infielder or something like that. Right. Like he's, he's certainly capable of being that. So not someone to get excited about, but like, Hey, if he can hit his way through the minors, yeah, he's, he's going to make his debut at like age 27, but, (laughs) but maybe potentially give you two to three seasons of solid utility infield play. Like that's, that's kind of his ceiling. Um, but right. he is, he is crushing the ball at high A right now. Obviously he's going to have to do the same in the upper levels if he wants to be able to do uh, anything really. But I just didn't want to talk about Sung Chi Chang for like the sixth straight week. Yeah. But again, I think a lot of this just speaks to that team. Like I understand like there's performance that's happening, but I don't, think a lot of you the same way like i don't think a lot of it translates to actual majors and that there's actual intrigue with them so like i'm not going to talk about hudson head like you're not <laughs> just yeah because... and, and we actually talked about hudson head and sammy siani last week yeah. a little bit but again just two guys where are they more interesting than jackson glenn yes but not by a whole lot no <laughs> so anyways i guess let's move forward uh let's go to double a this is a guy I certainly want to talk about. Now, I brought him up, I think, a, like three weeks ago, like right in the beginning of May, just saying, like, you know, he's been really, really bad, but he had a solid actual, like, week and a half right now. Maybe things are coming together. I don't know. Uh, we talked about him last week, and then this week for sure. Pigueros, I mean, just absolutely on fire, Jim. <laughs> like, just purely yeah. on fire. Uh, in the past 117 plate appearances, He's batting 304. He's got a 150 weighted runs created plus. So, like, the strikeouts, that's one thing, too, that we're talking about, like, in May. Even though he's bad, like, the strikeout rate, the K rate was still, like, in line. He's still walking, just not really hitting too much such. 304, on base 394, slugging 520, walking 12.8% of the time, striking out 17.1. I, I, I mean, he has just – he's on a whole nother level right now. Now, mind you, about the actual level of A. He is repeating, but also, mind you, he's still relatively young for that level. Uh, we've also seen this before. Like, this is kind of like mirroring, like, the Nick Gonzalez stuff. We Like, every year without Nick Gonzalez, it's like, well, he struggled, but if you look at this sample, he was really good, and maybe if this is the sample that's really him, there's something there, and then he moves on to another level, and you're like, eh, I don't know about Nick Gonzalez anymore. Yeah. So, like, I'm still – this isn't me telling you, hey – Pagaro's arrived. He is him. He is a good prospect. This is, he's really hot. Again, 
still keep your eye out on him. This is why you have the intrigue with him, right? This is why you don't look at just the, the first three weeks and say he's not a prospect. But those three weeks are still there, right? And this is why you're kind of worried. Now, mind you, even if he does hit, he can't feel Jim. Now, I'm not saying he can't ever feel him. Maybe there will be a day that he can. But that is still a real struggle. So I don't know where his fit is. I mean, we're seeing the major league product right now with a lot of guys who can't field. And Peguero is right there with him. So if his day comes to be a major leaguer, I'm not sure where it's going to be into the field. And he doesn't hit well enough to be a DH. So, again, all on most of the Pirates prospects. Uh, yeah. The bat's coming alive, though. So still, like, keep an eye on him. He's, this is why he's going to be on a prospect list. It's why he does have intrigue. Uh, but he certainly comes with his, his issues. All excellent points that you made there. Um, he's certainly somebody that – you shouldn't have you shouldn't have written Piguero off after last year. Um, but he's still he's still just twenty two. He's got all the tools that you want to see in a shortstop prospect um, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know he's kind of growing into growing into his body more and more. But like you said, yeah, he's he's hitting the ball really well right now. He looks good at the plate but we've seen this before, right? Like last year, I just pulled up um, April and May last year, Piguero hit 312, 341 OBP, 512 slugging percentage. He had a 129 weighted runs created plus. Um, from June 1st on, those numbers changed to 230, 286, 319. 67 weighted runs created plus. So he was a completely different ball player from June on than what he was in April and May last year. So that's kind of the thing you got to look at now is, okay, he's, he's now he's putting together the April and May that he put together last year. Uh, Very, very similar. Um, He's actually, you know, getting on base at a a much higher clip now than, than he did last year. So the walk rate is way higher, um, which is, which is good to see. But for the most part, he's kind of he's following this path of what he was doing last year and so now it's just can you keep it up because last year he couldn't keep it up um so Piguero can you keep it up over a full season last year he also I mean it it was his first really full season of ball you know 2021 he played 90 games 2022 he played 121 games so he's he's just to the point where he's playing more baseball than than he has before uh, so can he just do it over a grueling 140-ish game minor league season? Because last year he showed he couldn't. Like he couldn't keep it up over the entire year. So can he do that this year? I think he's a guy that you probably you probably keep him in double A for a while. Like even though he's repeating the level, like you want him to show that he can consistently perform at that level before before moving him to the next step the other issue is the pirates you know in the short term could really use a shortstop in the major leagues but do you do you thrust Pigaro into that role like if he's able to continue this more so there's there's some intrigue here because Pigaro's on the 40 man and the Pirates need a shortstop. Marcano's holding down the fort just fine right now, but can we 
is that going to continue? I don't know. Um, if the Pirates need another shortstop, is Pagaro a guy that you can count on? And, and right now, I don't think you can say that. But if he can consistently do this, then you know, them are cooking with peanut oil, as they say. Sure. <laughs> like um, I'm a, for Altoona. I'm going to talk about Jerry Jones, um, one of the guys who I kind of uh, mentioned earlier in the broadcast. I think there's a, there are quite a few arms in Altoona that could eventually become uh bullpen arms you know and you can you can throw you can throw him in the mix you can throw kyle nicholas in that mix you can throw aaron shortridge in that mix too you know someday uh, i don't he's he's a little older he's had some arm issues uh i mean even sean sullivan another guy what like there there are some arms in that altoona bullpen where i'm not quite sure how they're going to develop as as starters starting pitchers but there there are some guys to be interested in uh, yeah, Jerry Jones. I think he has the most upside out of anybody in that rotation. Um, and he's kind of, we've seen him, we saw him put up like Mickey Mouse type strikeout numbers his, his yeah. first year in, in Bradenton. They took a little step back in Greensboro, but still very impressive. Uh, strikeouts are still there again, not, not as much as it's been in his past. Uh, but strikeouts are still there. 26.8% strikeout rate, pretty much right where he was last year. Um, but this past week, he had two starts, started uh, on Monday and Sunday. Um, first start, four innings, one run, seven strikeouts, one walk. Second start, four innings, two runs, six strikeouts, no walk. So for the week, eight innings, 13 strikeouts, one walk. That's kind of where I've been most impressed with with Jones is how he's – and this is he's done this each year – He's gotten better and better with his command and his walk rate. It, it's gone in his three seasons, 11.3% walk rate to a 9.6% walk rate to an 8.5% walk rate this year. So as he's moving up in the, in the levels, he's throwing more strikes, um, which, which is good to see. And the results aren't changing. He's actually from like, from like a result standpoint, he's having his best year of his minor league career. Uh, he was drafted as a very intriguing arm, power right-handed arm out of high school. So he's only 21 years old doing this at Double A. Jared Jones is probably a guy where you could pluck him, and I'm I'm like he's a guy you could pluck from Altoona right now and put him in the bullpen. That I that I and I with. and I think and I we're think talking he, about him in our first segment. Yeah, and I think he could could hold his own um, right now. Now. If you think he's going to develop into a starting pitcher, then you want him to develop into a starting pitcher. The one caveat here with Jared Jones is they are being very careful with him. Uh, his two starts this past week, four innings apiece, he did not throw over 60 pitches in either of those two starts. So I'm sure that's by design somehow. I don't know if they're going to just kind of gradually ease him into the season and just go a little bit more at a time. But uh, he's only gone five innings once this year in his six starts. So, again, is he a guy who you're just putting him out there for four innings at a time right now just so he can get a bunch of experience, and then the plan is ultimately to move him to the bullpen? I think there's still too much upside to, like, give up on him as a starter. But the stuff is really good, and he, may, he, he would make for an interesting back-end bullpen piece. And he for could sure. probably do it right now. For sure. Yeah, but the walks is something that's really – Standing out in my eye. And again, with the Pagaro talk, 21 turns 22 in, in August. 
in double yeah. A. So like he's got the youth on his side too. So yep. he's he's developing nicely, as we'll say right now. Yes. Let's move on to Indy. And in Indy, I want to bring up Andy. And because I think there's something not to debate, but he he is the top prospect in many people's eyes, if it's not Tamar Johnson. And right now, if it's not Henry Davis in your eyes. Um, but he is in AAA. He's the catcher. You know, you would want to have seen him producing, and he's the guy coming up here that you're arguing about, not so much Henry Davis. And he hasn't really been that guy. That's why I want to kind of talk about him because I'm not here to tell you, like, I'm worried about Andy Rodriguez. But he's not, he's not really producing the way you would want to see him. Now, granted, I know he was injured for a bit of time, uh, was deemed he's fine, doesn't seem to be too fine. He was out for a little bit of time came back but like he's not he's not really producing well you know and what i want to say is like since the injury coming back he's only batting 212 he's got an 87 way to run created plus but that's really fueled a lot by the walk rate now the one thing we talked about all year long and even now like coming back from you know being injured and such and get back to the lineup is like the strikeout rate and the k rate is excellent the guy is not striking out at all. I mean, he's making contact with the baseball. The guy has a great eye. He's walking, and he's walking even more. So, like, before the injury is, like, a 9% walk rate, which, again, good. But, like, at this point, like the thing is, like, all the underlying stuff is still there. He's getting bay-bipped pretty roughly. You know, like, the, the batting average is low, but it really shouldn't be this low, you would imagine. Because, uh, again, with the contact skills, is certainly still there. But, again, like, I'm not saying I'm worried. But this this isn't the ending that you've seen so far. This certainly isn't ending that you wanted to see. Uh, and, and on the season again, like he's he's got a ninety one weighted runs created plus at this point of time. You know, for the season two thirty nine, three forty one, twelve point four percent walk rate, twelve point four percent K rate. Like he's walking as much as he's striking out. Which, that's elite stuff. Like that's what you want to see right now. But the hits aren't really falling. Yeah, um, and I mean, you can be concerned with his exit velocity numbers if you know if you want to kind of dig pretty deep in there. Um, here's the thing, though, like with Andy, his the, and I'm going to kind of go to go in defense of him here. Yeah, like the results need to get better. Absolutely, um, the BABIP is low. You would expect that to go up and kind of level things out a little bit. Uh, but he does need to just uh, he needs to drive the ball more. Um, the exit velocities have really never been like off the charts impressive or anything throughout, throughout his minor league career. But he's just always been a guy who, again, he makes contact so often and he still has really good hitting skills. He just doesn't hit the ball super hard. Like, like, right. like if we're talking, like if you look at someone like O'Neill Cruz, who just blisters the baseball every time he, the, the, the back connects, like that's not who Andy is. Andy's more of a guy who can hit from both sides, put the ball in play and, just like kind of one of those like professional hitter type guys. Right. Um, so far it's just kind of taking a while to, to get to that point in triple a, like you've got to love the approach. The approach has been great. I said 12.4% walk rate, 12.4% K rate. Like that's pretty, that's pretty impressive for a 23 year old in triple a. Um, but yeah, you gotta, you've got to, you've got to come up with a way to, uh, to get some power, whether that's hitting the ball over the fence or hitting the ball over people's heads, um, you know, he, he, 
definitely you definitely want to see more of that for sure. Yep, yep. Um, to cap things off, AAA. Um, I'm gonna talk about Quinn Priester. Really solid week from him last week. Two starts. He went seven innings um, on Monday. Uh, gave up one run. Struck out nine. Uh, walked just one. Probably his best start. Actually, it, definitely his. That's his best start of AAA. Um, seven innings, one run. And then he caps that off, caps the week off Sunday, yesterday, with five scoreless innings as well. So 12 innings this past week, one run, 11 strikeouts, three walks. He seems to finally be getting things um, under control. A little bit of a start, a little bit of a rough start to his season in AAA. But if we look at his last four starts, so pretty much just the month of May, um, four starts, he's 4-0 with a 1.13 ERA, 19 strikeouts, five walks, and 24 innings. So he seems to uh, be putting together a really solid string of starts um, against – those are against uh, – it looks like Toledo played St. Paul, played Iowa. So, you know, just – yeah, impressive starts, six innings, six innings, seven innings, five innings. He's looking more and more um, like a guy who's going to be a be a major league starter. Um, he's kind of always seemed that way. He, he's, a, he's someone with a pretty high floor. I, I don't see this guy not at least turning into at least a back-end rotation arm, and you hope that he can be more of like a number three type of guy. Uh, but yeah, so far he seems to be adjusting at AAA. Um, obviously, he's gonna like you're gonna give him some time there. He's still just 22, but yeah, Quinn Priester doing the things you want to see Quinn Priester do. Yes, and he's just one level away now from from reaching the majors. Yep, things you love to see. That's exactly what Quinn, Quinn Priester is doing right now. You know, Luis yep. Ortiz, I felt like overtook him. Uh, in the sense of like who's closest and maybe the most intrigue. Luis Ortiz, of course, is in the majors in the second go right now. But Quinn Priester has now turned it on. I think he's he's getting back on that watch now of like, listen, this is why he's a legit prospect. And uh, keep your eyes on him because, uh, yeah, like last year was kind of mixed, right? I think there's a lot of excuses of, you know, the performance wasn't truly there, but here's why you kind of like him. And like coming into AAA, that still kind of remained and these past four starts have been like oh yeah remember we said this is why so uh, yeah love to see it keep building upon it see where this goes i think this pretty much sums up our prospect talk so uh let's get yeah. into this upcoming series versus the rangers This is a tough one coming up, Jim. <laughs> uh, this isn't Detroit. This isn't even the Diamondbacks. This is the Rangers, who I want to say are looking really, really good right now. Um, they got Corey Seager back, who had a big game yesterday. Also, the pitching has been, as far as the starters, really, really good. And the matchups right now for these next three games are, are pretty tough for the Pirates. Um, so Dunning, they have, then you have Eovaldi, then you have Perez. Um, 
My eyes, this is, a, this is a very tough test, especially for a struggling Pirates. So let's talk about the Rangers a little bit. Here. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a tough one. Like like you said, um, the starting pitching matchups, they're going up against. You could argue probably their three best starters, um, Nathan Yavaldi having an outstanding season, um, striking out a bunch of batters, not walking anybody. He's got a 2.83 ERA in nine starts. Talk about Dane Dunning, 1.69 ERA in uh, in 11 games, three starts. So he did, did have some bullpen time there. Um, yeah. And then Martin Perez, you know, coming off some pretty good years, and he's still, you know, pitching well, 4.01 ERA and nine starts for, for Martin Perez. So, yeah, a tough, tough test for the Pirates' bats coming up, but I think more than anything, um, tough test for the Pirates' pitching coming up. Like this team, second can, best offense in baseball. This team can rake. Yeah, second best offense behind the Rays. Um, Much and you just go Corey Seager up and down the lineup. Marcus Semyon is having like an MVP caliber type season. Uh, Jonah Heim behind the plate has really developed into one of the best catchers in baseball um adolis garcia you know late arrival to the scene but just he's hit any ever since he's kind of arrived um like this up and down the lineup this these guys are scary they're 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 scary um there aren't too many people on this team who get regular at bats who aren't good like you could probably say Robbie Grossman is the one guy who you're not like scared of in this lineup, but up and down everyone else, good hitters. Corey Seager's back from an injury and Corey Seager is playing better than Corey Seager's ever played in his career. So whew, yeah, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, Pirate starters, you know, you got Rich Hill starting on the mound. So maybe, maybe it's kind of nice to have, oh no, Luis Ortiz tonight. Sorry. Luis Ortiz tonight against a really, really tough lineup. Um, and this is – I mean, Charrington hasn't said whether or not Velasquez is going to get one more shot um, at a rehab start, but Velasquez looked really good in his one rehab start. If I'm the Pirates, I'm probably not giving him another rehab start. I'm probably letting him rejoin this rotation once he's ready. So this is probably Luis Ortiz's last start. Um, you know, in this short stint he's had while Velasquez is on the IL. So we'll see how he does. It's going to be his biggest test, though, because, again, this lineup, it's – I know that Tampa Bay Rays lineup was good, but I think with Seager now back, like this this lineup top to bottom, so many, so many guys who can do damage. Yeah. I'll say that, I mean, it's arguable who's the better lineup. I mean, by numbers right now, Tampa Bay is still clearly better. But again, like we talked about, the second best offense in baseball, and it's been much without Corey Seager at all, all year. It's a $300 million man. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a reason that you pay him that much money, right? Yeah. It ain't because it's defense. So, uh, yeah, Corey Seager's back now. This lineup is very, very deep, very, very good. This is a very tough test for Luis Ortiz, who's struggled the past two times mightily. You know, I mean, much more last time than the first time also. So probably going to be his last start. Um, I hope he doesn't make it his last start because he just looks awful. But this is a big test for him, a huge yeah. test. I mean, he has to be sharp. He can't be coming in here 
thrown all over the place because uh, now this, this team crushes this the best. I think the best batting average It's not the second best batting average in baseball too. They make, they, they connect, but like they don't strike out a ton. Uh, they don't walk a whole ton. They have power. They just do everything well offensively. Um, now on the other side of that, right. We talked about as far as the pitchers go. I mean, Dane Dunning, a really, really good season. Uh, I don't think he's 1.6 ERA type of good season. His underlying numbers support that to be the case also, mm-hmm. but I mean, still a good pitcher. And this is also an offense who's struggling. I mean, they can't hit anybody. So Dane Dunning, you might as well go out there and throw a complete game shutout. He might. <laughs> um, but like, that's the thing about this team. Like they have three solid starters. You have a really, really good offense for them. The bullpen kind of a bit of a challenge. The, not a great bullpen. They have, to me, the Pirates, right? We talk about the intriguing guys. Like, they have a really, really good ninth inning man. And then after that, it's kind of like, eh, I don't know. So, like, I think really honestly, like, the Pirates have to do something they just haven't done in a long, long time. I mean, go back to April. How many times they scoring in the first inning, right? They're getting out, jumping out to a lead right away. Pirates have to do that. Like, they have to find a way to get to these starters and get to that bullpen. Because I think that that's the chance for them to succeed. Uh, if they can't, mm-hmm. it's probably lights out. And if it's like a one-run game, like this can't be like a like how the Diamondback series was. I mean, yesterday it kind of opened up, right? But like it can't even be a close game because that could be a two-run shot in the eighth inning, and boom, your lead's gone again. Yeah. No, this this is a team that I agree. Like you've got to you've got to figure out a way to get to the starting pitchers, and that's going to be tough because the starting pitchers are pretty good. Um, but we've seen the Pirates do it, and we've seen them do it over the last week. Like they got to Eduardo Rodriguez, they got to Zach Gallen. Um, so they're they're going to have to come out with performances like that to, uh, to to win some games this series. You hope that they can at least take one out of three here, and you know they they are at home. Um, if they could somehow win this series, then that really, like, I don't really know if I believe in momentum all that much in, in like regular season baseball, but if there's anything to kind of get you back on, uh, on track, it would be a series win against this, this Texas Rangers team. That would, that would feel good. Yeah. Well, they don't have any momentum right now. So if you do believe it or don't, they don't have it. <laughs> so it'd be nice to, to get it. But you're right. You know, I, I think like taking one out of three isn't going to be the worst thing in the world, especially with these matchups. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm trying to write the game off of, you know, with Eovaldi pitching, but Eovaldi's look excellent right now. But you're right. Like, that's the weird thing. It's the Pirates. It's been a terrible offense all season. And Eduardo Rodriguez, they just light up. Zach Gallen, they really light up. So I don't know. Maybe they're just bored. Maybe the competition hasn't really been there. Just like, eh, I'm too, I'm too bored. We need good pitchers. Here comes Texas. Let's sweep them three, three wins now because they have a good pitchers. I don't know, but but you're right. Like I don't have full confidence that this lineup is going to do anything against the next three pitchers. But it's been those type of pitchers that lineup actually does wake up and do something with. So hey, that's baseball though. Yeah, no. Um, it, it should be a should hopefully be a fun series. Hopefully, we're at least looking at good baseball games and. My my one concern here is that we 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 deal with blowouts because this offense that we're going to be facing is certainly capable of putting together some some blowout performances. Was it so let's just runs against yeah. the Rockies yesterday. Yeah, let's let's just avoid those. Let's avoid yeah. that like thirteen to three against the Rockies yesterday. So like, let's not have any of those games. 
I'm with you. Those that, aren't that's the, what I fear. Yeah, those aren't the best post game shows to do either. So, right. So starting off with Luis Ortiz, the way Luis Ortiz has looked, that could. Then you have Rich Hill throwing 88 miles an hour to this lineup. That could. <laughs> you know, right. Like, I'm, I'm very fearful that this could look embarrassing for the Pirates. But again, it's baseball, and we've seen what the Pirates can do. But, but anyways, I don't know. I guess that's where I'm at. I, I'm yeah. afraid. I, I'm really – like, I'm fearing, like, it's – they're going to score 45 runs these next three games. You know what? Luis Ortiz is going to come out and shove tonight. Boom. And then gets him down. Yeah. Man, everybody's going to lose their mind. He's going to throw like the best game of his major league career and then get sent down immediately after. Perfect. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> Cause he's going to get sent down and I, I yeah. can't argue it. Like you can't argue at this point in time that sense basically. Well, I guess you could, but he's going to get sent down. Vince Velasquez. I think like you said, unless there's something that Vince Velasquez says, I need another start because he's making his next start in PNC. Yeah. Well, maybe not PNC. It'll be on the road. Yeah. <laughs> but we get your point. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we get your point. All right. Well, with that said, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. Well, then let's get out of here. It's been over an hour. We got to short this. Yeah, we, we talked way too long today. All right. Well, then we will see you guys tonight with a post-game show talking about Loris Ortiz's best MLB start before he gets sent back down to the minors. Let's do it. Bye-bye. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video, and subscribe to the page. It helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.